0: afraid not podcast with jill mccormick and robin wall we believe that our stories matter and make us who we are every other week we invite guests to join us and share their stories even though our stories have knots, we are not afraid our stories are afraid they are not perfect
1: we believe the truth of our mess makes us stronger we hope that god uses these stories to encourage and strengthen your faith as you trust in him our theme verse is Colossians 1, 17, which says, "And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. even our afraid knots."
0: Hello podcast listeners. I'm Joel McCormick and I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not podcast.
1: You are listening to episode 101. You
0: are in the three digits.
1: That's right. We hope you joined us for our episode 100 two weeks ago. If you didn't, you might want to go back and listen to that one too with Christy Knuckles. So excited about that. So um, our guest today is a friend that we have loved for years and we have admired for years. And she is someone that is walking in a faithful Journey and God is using her in big ways. And her name is Robin Marsh Stowers, and she is a news broadcast businesswoman that has been in the business for a long time and she is a pro. Yeah, if you are in in the Oklahoma City area,
0: I'm sure you know who Robin Marsh is.
1: Yeah. And I don't know how she has not changed. Like she still looks just as young as she always looks. She absolutely looks the same. Totally does. Like I know it's listeners can't see. Kind of it. unfair. Recorded <laughs> with the option of we You know, you hear the audio, but Jill and I could see Robin while we were talking. She looks just as young as she ever did. Like the same. I don't know how yeah, to look. she does. So she's just as beautiful inside as she is on the outside too. And she shares from her heart today. And she gets vulnerable with us today. And I just am real grateful for her story. One of the things that is so true that Robin talked about is that we as believers need to be on our guard. Every believer, every day, we need to be on our guard. If we give, if we open the door, even the tiniest little crack, that's what the enemy uses to get in and, and uh, to try to steal, kill and destroy our lives. And so every single one of us, just, we need the Lord and we need to be on our guard. Never once think it could never happen to me. I'm just, I've got this down Pat. No, no, don't give the enemy a foothold. So that's one of the takeaways for me of this conversation.
0: Yeah. We talked about in a previous episode about that the enemy isn't here to tease or taunt. He wants to kill, steal and destroy. So it's, it's a big deal. Um, one of the other things she talked about was being grateful, even in a storm, even when things are falling apart and how to make sure that you keep counting your blessings one by one and how to do that. And how do you, how do you stay grateful when everything seems so dark? So she'll talk about that too. So listen in. And it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Robin, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you guys for having me,
2: Jill. It's good to see you. And Robin, it's good to see you. Robin, I love you so much. And I just, I was just so thrilled that you called me and asked me to just kind of have this time of sharing together.
1: I love you so much, too. We are thrilled you said yes. And we are so grateful. We both, Jill and I, think you are an amazing example, an amazing woman. And for our listeners who don't know, Robin is a... Basically a local hero and um famous person in Oklahoma City. She okay. may not agree with that, but she is. <laughs> and in your Oklahoma City area, uh, you have seen Robin on Newsline 9 and she's awesome. So um Uh, We go go way back, actually. I'd like to tell stories like I've known Robin since probably about 2001 ish and had so many fun conversations and and tender moments and hard moments that um, take me back to a time when uh, I was watching you just trust the Lord through some hard times. I think you may be sharing about some of that today and love you dearly. Uh, and jill why don't you share how your fun connection too so in
0: 1998 quite a quite a a little bit of time ago uh, (laughs) there was a new story done on my they were doing a new story called i'm having a baby too about the husband's perspective of going through pregnancy and uh, sean and i were the ones doing that and quinn mccormick was the one or actually i'm sorry quinn purdue was the one that they were doing the story on
1: that's right. And, and Tiny Baby is now a married woman. <laughs> is that not
2: crazy? I mean, you blink and 20 years goes by. How does this happen? Know. You know?
1: <laughs> I know. It's so true. Well, Robin, would you introduce yourself to our listeners and give them a snapshot of you and a kind of just a little description of your life and your family and stuff like that and hobbies? Oh. Well, uh,
2: my name is Robin Marsh. That's my Uh, maiden name my legal name is actually robin stowers and uh robin wall's husband chris actually married me and my husband which oh my gosh i'm just i was thinking about that as we were preparing for the interview today and i mean you both have such a special place in my heart i can't even begin to share with you but i um i know god has a sense of humor because i've been able to work in the television broadcast business actually this is it, it almost blows me away and i'm it's almost embarrassing to say this, Robin, but I am starting my 40th year in television.
1: News. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. I think I must look 80, right? Actually, you, you really look about 35. You're amazing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
2: So I started... Um, when I was 19, I was hired on my 19th birthday Wow! at the local TV station in Lawton, where I was from. And so uh, when I was growing up in Lawton, my dad always told me, girl, if you can use that mouth, you've got it made. So <laughs> I think God has such a sense of humor because um, I started working at the local station when all my friends started going to major universities. Most of my girlfriends went to OU and uh joined sororities and um it seemed like their life was so glamorous that they got to go away and my family honestly just could not afford for me to go and uh, I mean like it it almost gets me a little bit because it it was such a fabric in my life of that I just learned young that um I was gonna have to bust it and I was gonna have to really nothing was handed to me and um you know, I, I learned through the school of hard knocks and slowly and surely started working my way up. So I went to, I always tell people it's hilarious because I am actually an adjunct professor at OU right now, you even are. though I, yes. And I don't have a college degree. <laughs> and so wow. it's like hilarious, you know,
1: you're, you're amazing. And and that is but, um, a great example of how God does exactly what he wants with your, our lives. I mean, that's so cool. Okay. So people, You know, how academia is always so proud and boastful about
2: where they go to school. And so people would always say to me, you know, where did you go to college? And I always tell people I went to UCLA and they're like, you went to UCLA? Oh, how fabulous. And I'm like, well, University of Cameron Lawton area. And so (laughs) I uh, never graduated (laughs) because I started working at the TV station and I was literally a glorified gopher. I can remember being fascinated with the news when I was in junior high and we, um, we'd we see in Lawton, there's a little Chevy Chevette was the Action 7 News car that would dro- drive around town. And so my mom and I, we would see like the news car and it would be like going to a little house fire. I'm like, follow that news car, mom. I've got to see where they're going. And then we'd watch it on the news. Like they'd be like, there was a house fire in this area. And I'm like, I just was thrilled to kind of see that. So when I was hired at 19 years old, like one of my first days there, the news director said, here's the keys to the news car, the, the little Action 7 News Chevy Chevette." I was so excited. Then she said, hey, go to Sonic and get dinner for everybody tonight. <laughs> <And so laughs> I, w- I started out as a glorified gopher and really just learned from the bottom up. I truly did. And so I learned to run the camera on the news, around the teleprompter. And I learned to edit, I learned to shoot video and slowly and surely worked my way up. And so that's what started a journey for me in the news broadcast business, you know, all these years ago. And I love it. I love telling people stories and I'm so blessed right now to have the opportunity to um, share stories and, um, I kind of can be, I don't say this arrogantly, but it's like I am I can be selective in the stories that I want to go out and pursue. I mean, I anchor every day. That's my job, but I still love telling the people's stories. And so um, I did a big softball series with Patty Gasso and the OU Sooner softball team as they were chasing a championship. And I, I mean, oh my gosh, it was just thrilling for me to be able to share that. And I love Patty Gasso. She's such a strong woman. You need to interview her for one of your broadcasts because she's such a strong woman. I can hook you up, girl. I got her number.
1: <laughs> well, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But, you know, I just have known through the journey um, all these years that just because I'm on TV every day does not mean my life is perfect and that my world is perfect. And there have been many times I've just had to kind of walk in saying, Lord, I'm just going to trust you today to get me through this day. And uh, and then there have been days I've walked through and I'm like, Lord, thank you for this day, because it it was so wonderful to do what we did. And then there's been some days that I've just been, you know, I remember covering the Oklahoma City bombing back in, you know, it'll be 28 years next April. And um, I I think I'm the only local reporter now that was down there that day. Uh, on scene that is still in the market on the air as far as uh, staff go. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's um, when I look back on it, it almost gets me because I, Mm -hmm. I think about um, just the heartache that so many people went through, but I I kid you not, you know, um, thinking about it and, and just knowing what's transpired over the years. I mean, it gets me, it gets me as I just sit here and talk about it today, but I tell you, God was so gracious to me to let me stay strong during a really tough time. And, you know, when I look back on it, I think it was only the grace of God that helped me really be able to do my job and and do it as well as I possibly could during that time. So, you know, there've been days, even with my job, I've just had to walk by faith and and just kind of tie a knot and hang on. And, um, you know, so... Um, I think that's the one thing that I just realized is that just because I'm on on TV, I'm not special. I mean that, you know, God has that love for everyone. It's not because of my job that, you know, I'm in a different situation with my job that I have different influence than you do, Robin, or you do, Jill, but we all have influence. And that's just, you kind of just have to live in where your influence is. And, and I'm grateful for where that influence is, but Mine's no better than anyone else's. It, it, all of ours are different.
1: And we, we love the fact that every story matters. Every story yes. is the, the footprint, the handprint of where God's walked that person. And it's as unique as each person is. Mm, exactly. And, um, thank you that you are willing to share your story today. We yeah. are excited to hear it and um, really wherever you would like to begin we would love for you to share whatever God's put on your heart. And everybody who's listening to this has had a time. You listeners can identify with with a time in your life when you were in a storm, you were hanging Mm -hmm. by a thread and maybe you're there today. So we just hope the story Robin's about to share might give you some hope and encouragement and a reminder that you can have faith in God and he will be Mm -hmm. there with you and he will hold all things together. He's the one that does that. So basically robin just start wherever you want to and just we'd love to hear a time that that god did that for you in your life when you were maybe at afraid time yeah
2: well you know it's so funny because i um as i look back just over you know time we were just talking about our kids how you blink and just so much time goes by and even when you're walking through things sometimes you don't even realize how god's protecting you how he's already gone before you how he's walking beside you and how I mean, even in some days he's just flat out carrying you, and uh, there have been some days I've been pretty heavy, I think, and so um you know, but i I see his hand from even those early days when I started in Lawton, and um you know, there was just um when I started in Lawton, and first the very first assignment that I ever got was the arts preview, and so I would remember calling all my friends who I told you went to o u and I just thought they're all up there and they're, you know, kind of living this large life. And now I can call them and say, guess what? I'm on TV, not just that I work at the TV station, but that I'm on TV. And, you know, it. I really did it with the wrong motive. I wanted them to think I got one up on them, you know, because it mm-hmm. was like I wanted them to think I was somebody and that I was something and that, um, you know, that I was Gosh, better. That's that. so
0: good and honest. Like, we, I think, yeah. all those moments. Oh, I, and I think you have to have a gut check
2: of that sometimes daily, sometimes hourly, and, you know, sometimes just moment by moment. But I really do feel like the Lord allowed this to happen. And, and I share this because I, I do think it is part of my journey about just learning to be vulnerable and just realizing that it's okay to be real. And, um, but when I was in Lawton doing that arts preview and now it's like now after I've I've been in this market in Oklahoma city for 30 years, I mean, so it's like, sometimes people could just hear my voice and be like, I think that's Robin over there. I mean, I feel like I know everybody and I kind of feel like everyone knows me. And like, I don't even, I don't even say that arrogantly. I just feel like I can go to the store in my t-shirt and flip flops and nasty hair. and people are like, Hey Robin, how you doing? You know, (laughs) I'm really okay being that way. But when I was in Lawton, just starting out, no one had ever said, are you Robin Marsh, Action 7 News. And so one day I was at the mall and um, this man, I felt like was following me in and out of the store and it kind of scared me at first. And then I thought, Oh my gosh, he knows I'm Robin Marsh, Action 7 News. And so finally he came up to me and uh, he said, "Uh, you look familiar. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing. And he was like, <laughs> Do you need don't you you work? <laughs> oh my God. I mean, like it was just thrilling. And he kept saying, you know, you look so familiar. Don't you work? And I'm just almost nodding in concurrent. And he's like, don't you work at Mr. Lucky's? And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Lucky. It's hilarious. Mr. Lucky's was the strip bar that all the military guys in Lawton went to. I took off running from the mall. I didn't even go and get what I was needed. It it almost just freaked me out to my core. And then I just thought, okay, girl, you got to just stay real. You got to stay humble. And, you know, it's not you that's special. It's just, you've kind of been given a, a unique situation. And so I, I don't know why I think God allowed that to happen to me very early in my career, because it is easy to just be flat out honest with you. You know, it, I've done it so long that I don't realize how much I take it for granted that I do have that influence. And in some ways I think it's good because it does allow me to be real. But in some ways you do have to have a gut check about it because it is easy to be like, well, I can make a call. I can make a difference. And, and it's almost the I, 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 I. And I think even as women, we do that a lot. We either loathe ourselves. I'm not worthy. I can't do this. I'm awful. I'm a loser. Or we're like, I'll let someone else do that. I'm a little too good to do that. Or I'll I'll pass this time. And, you know, I think I find myself many times struggling with that dilemma of just Mm -hmm. where is my true worth? And the Lord really has shown me that you know, my worth is not what I do. It's not what I look like. And it's not what I have. And the world wants you to think that that's where your worth comes from, what you look like, what you have, and what you do. And, you know, it's a lie that young girls believe. And, um, you know, you have to kind of just go back to that Ephesians about, you know, you're unshackled by God, you're made whole by him, you're a joint heir with him. And all that, that, you know, God promises. And many times I do have to just remind myself of who am I in Christ? Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that's a good word for all of us because, you know, when life is good and you've said you've walked with God and maybe you memorize scripture and maybe you've Maybe you've done Bible studies or BSF or maybe you're a pastor's wife or maybe you've led ministry or maybe you've taught young girls or maybe you sing in the choir or maybe you and your husband sit on the front row or maybe you haven't been to church in a long time. And, you know, but you believe in what God's word says. What I've just learned in all these years of walking with God, there are many times you really do have to walk and believe what you say you believe. And I, as a, I was raised Catholic, uh, Robin and Jill, and I, I really just uh, growing up in the Catholic faith, um, I, I didn't understand who the gospel according to Mark was, or the gospel according to Luke or John. I, I didn't have a Bible, and, um, you know, my sister's Catholic. She's a beautiful Christian, and we actually do Bible study together uh, virtually with her church, And um, but for me, it just when I went to a a Baptist church and someone said, open the Bible. And I was like, open the Bible. My gosh. Oh, here's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Like, oh my gosh. It it started clicking in my head, but more importantly, in my heart. And so after I started working in Lawton as a young girl, um, I was sent to Amarillo at 23 to be the main anchor. They had the TV station there. And so as soon as I walked in, it was kind of like that Amarillo community was so nice to me. And it's like they kind of just embraced me and it, everyone was talking about this marsh girl that showed up and I kind of got the big head about it because it was like, I was 23. I was the main anchor. It was very young and it was a lot of responsibility, but I'm like, I'm in and I'm doing it. And you know, this is cool. They bought my clothes. They told me how to dress. They fixed my hair. I was on a billboard. I mean, at 23, you're like, this is, I had the right car, the right clothes. And, um, but I was really, uh, so alone and, like, I don't even know why I'm emotional today thinking about this because it really is a joyful time. But I just remember being at a place where I had everything the world said that this is what a young girl should have. And like, you got the world ahead of you. But I was just at a place where I was so alone and so empty. And honestly, I felt like my sin was just such arrogance of thinking I was better than people. And You know, I mean, God got a hold of me and just showed me how wrong that was and just how I wasn't relying on him. And at a church service in Amarillo at San Jacinto Baptist Church, Brother Sam Coffey, I just, I don't remember the exact message, but I just remember standing there and him saying that Jesus will knock on the door of your heart. And are you going to let him in? And I just remember thinking, I got to open this door. Like, I've got to nail this down. And I really do feel like he just, Um, he, I feel like he gave me the fruit of the spirit. I feel like he gave me love and joy and peace and just really kindness. And I feel like I'm a really kind person. I, I don't say that arrogantly, but I know God birthed that in me. And I feel like he really birthed evangelism in me about wanting to just share what he's done for me, because I I know I've been a loser in life. Let me tell you, I know there've been many times I've been just desperate for God and What God's reminded me is that even though today I'm not living in desperation, He's showing me that if I can have that attitude of just being desperate for Him, that I'm going to be okay. And I just say that to people listening today, that maybe life's cooking along right and good for everybody. But I have a feeling for people listening just with, I don't know, it feels like a different day today for so many people. Everywhere you look, people are hurting. And I just know... Without a shadow of a doubt that, you know, you want the answer to whatever it is—your marriage, raising your kids, finances. Um, uh, I'm in that sandwich generation, Robin, right now my mom's 91, and
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I just moved her to Edmond, and it's, it's tough. You know, and I have seen God open the door for me to put her where she is today. I mean, I can't even tell you how we found this a beautiful home. It's a a man that has like three nurses that work for him. And it's a home in a neighborhood. And it's, they have a dog there. My mom has the master bedroom and the dog sleeps at the end of the bed. And I'm just going, Lord, I don't even know how you did it. And how I even heard about it. My next door neighbor's mother-in-law passed away and they had heard from word of mouth about this home. And they had had her there. They're like, my next door neighbor said, you're not gonna believe this. And then I said, oh my gosh, you're not gonna believe this. I, I'm looking for somewhere. My mom has dementia very badly. And, oh, well, you know, so I just see even today the blessings that he is carrying me along through the way. And, you know, that sandwich generation, there might be a lot of people that are taking care of elderly parents and it is tough. It's emotionally tough. It's physically just draining. And truthfully um, I never thought I'd just, I never thought that this would be my mo- my mom. You know, it's like, it's my mom, but she's not my mom that's right. in this body, you know. And so it's it's been a struggle, to be honest with you. And, and I'm I'm struggling with it. And I I know that God's taking care of her. And my sister and I have had to make some really tough decisions about, um, you know, moving her. But God opened the door every way. And we just walked through the open door. And today I have such a peace about it, you know. It doesn't make it easy, but... I just saw her. She's happy as a lark. She's doing great. And so, I mean, it's just, today's a good day. So I'm grateful for that. But Robin, what I will share with you is that, uh, and Jill is that, you know, for me in my life, after I worked through Amarillo, I moved to Oklahoma City. And when I was so young in Lawton, my dream was to be at Channel 9 and to be a news anchor at News 9. And um, I wrote it down uh, for my goal is I wanted to be, Uh, an anchor at News 9 and um, you know I've had offers to go to bigger markets and bigger cities but it's like I've always I've never felt led to leave because I know this is where I was supposed to be and um, I was single many times dated the wrong guys and learned the hard way that you know you've got to really trust God even in relationships.
0: So how long were you in Amarillo before you came to Oklahoma City?
2: I was actually in Amarillo for five and a half years. I had worked in Lawton for four years, was in Amarillo five and a half years, and I've been in Oklahoma City for 30 years, (laughs) so it's crazy, and what I was just thinking is just through that time of, you know, when you were making decisions in life, it seems like you're really trying to figure out, like, how is it all going to play out, and I I can remember thinking, how is my career going to play out, and how long will I work and who will I marry? And, you know, it's really just trying to figure out the pieces of the puzzle or the path that God has for you. And so when I was um, about 29, I uh, got married and actually married someone that, uh, as we were married, uh, became, surrendered to ministry. And so it was just so uh, neat. Our pastor had introduced us. And, um, you know, I think what why I'm even sharing this is that, um, you know, many times we can feel we are walking and trusting God and following his path and, and trying best as we know how to live um, a Christian life and, and follow his way. But what I've learned is just that the enemy needs a crack Mm. and I see it over and over again, Robin. And, um, you know, even Robin, you in ministry for you and Chris, it's like you have a double bullseye on your back because mm-hmm. if the enemy can, it, it's so true. If the enemy can get you so true. or Chris, it's like the collateral damage in the faith mm-hmm. is huge. And I, I tell you, you know, um, I wasn't perfect in my marriage. Um, there are probably things I could have done differently. Uh, and what I learned from it, the one thing that I did that was not good is that I let my guard down because my husband was in ministry, and because my husband was in ministry, um, we—that's where I met Robin and Chris. Was we were serving together as uh, couples in ministry yeah. uh, at the third largest Baptist church in the state of Oklahoma. Right. And um, my husband at the time, yeah, had a very a prominent role in the church. He was kind of the number three pastor as he he uh, took care of the finances, but he was an ordained uh, licensed pastor. And um, that was his home church as he grew up there. And so when we went to that church, it was um, not just an open door, it was a welcome home. You know, it was everyone in the church was thrilled that we were there. And I mean, it just, we walked in just almost in an elevated status of just, and it, and it felt good. You know, we were on the governor's marriage initiative uh, for the state of Oklahoma. We were leading eight couples uh, in our home in marriage ministry, how to have intimacy with each other in Christ. And, and I say that I let my guard down because um, there were just times that, um, I want to choose my words carefully because it's not really even about ministry. Mm-hmm. It's about um, putting other things before God, putting other things before your family, putting things uh, before your relationship with your spouse. And, you know, I had a friend one, say, one time say, treat your husband as he is and he'll stay that way. Because sometimes I'm like, my husband, he just, you know, I'm I'm remarried. And sometimes I'm just thinking, my guy needs to do this, you know. And he ain't going to do it. I'm married a West Texas cowboy. I'm telling you. But what this lady said to me, it was, a, it was Ted Kirsch's wife, Jerry. And it stuck with me. Um, she said, treat your husband as he is and he'll stay that way. But treat your husband as you want him to become. And he will become it. So when we say we want our spouses to lead out and we want our uh, Husbands to lead out in prayer. We want our husbands to be the head of the house. And I'm a strong-willed gal. I mean, you know, um, I have to be strong. In my job. I'm I'm half Italian, half redneck. So I mean, right there is a bad combination of being strong-willed. <laughs> but um, you know, there were. As I look back now, um, over time, I just realized that I made I made some mistakes, and I think the the main one was I let my guard down when it came to my marriage that I I thought it was so secure that if you lined up a hundred couples that I, I would never go through a divorce with uh, my husband. And um, like I said, the enemy needs a crack. I mean, just a small crack. And really I see how God protected me in, in a lot of ways. I realized that my world was changed, that kind of a bomb was about to hit me. Uh, I started working with another, uh, walking with another pastor, wife from church, and she just challenged us to start memorizing scripture. And I mean, like, I'm like, I'm in, we're walking around the track. And she's like, okay, let's just start doing Ephesians 5, one verse at a time, one week at a time. So the first line is, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and live a life of love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering. That's probably the first three verses. So, you know, we just started, you know, verse one, you know, be imitators of God. And I'm like, man, can that change your life? Absolutely. You know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, you God's word is your lifeline. Yeah. I mean, and and you mentioned it, Robin, about a storm. And, and I heard a pastor say, you're either in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or get ready. The yeah. storm is coming. Mm-hmm. And so uh, after nine years of marriage, I was in a storm and um, my husband came home. And um, um you know the details that get you on your knees <laughs> you know you know God's word talks about gossip like a dainty morsel going down
1: mm.
2: and, and people love the dirty details, but the dirty details really are are not what matter it's just that you know God got me to my knees quickly. Mm. <laughs>
0: And it's amazing Some the storms that we go through, even though they were years and years ago, can become so fresh. Yeah. Foolish, yeah. The best, they don't really ever, they always leave a residual of something.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And, you know, I'm happily married today and I see God's mm-hmm. hand in my life in, in so many ways. But in some ways, you know how God's word talks about forgiveness and how, how many times you forgive. And I think it says 70, uh, times seven, it's like 490 times. And I'm like, well, heck, you know, 490 times is not that much when you think you're going to commit murder in your heart sometimes. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, let's be real. <laughs> I mean, there are times that people hurt us that you're like, man, I could go there quickly and it not look good. <laughs> Yeah. But what I learned from that scripture is that what it's for is the remembrance of the offense. And there's never been a time I've thought about that offense 490 times a day, I promise you. And that's what God taught me in his word about um, the details of what get you today on your knees, friend. And maybe there's someone even going through a divorce right now or wondering about something in their marriage or realizing there's something not right, that you don't want to even really look at it. You know, um, I would just say to you it, that, you know, you have to face, you have to face the hurt. And then what I learned is, uh, going through a divorce and my husband left the ministry and, um, you know, it was a killer on me because, my place of worship in a way became a really place of hurt for me. And I, and that was uh, my husband's home church. And then he left and I had to make a decision if I was going to stay or not. And, you know, people, when you talk about, it's almost like death is more noble than divorce. You know, when people die, it's like you are surrounded by comfort and love and people wanting to come alongside and, support you through this time and when it's divorce I found out that that's not always the case but the Lord would not release me from leaving that church and so I stayed and it it was the toughest thing I've really ever done in my life and um but God loved me through it the people loved me through it and um you know um I'll just share this, that um, my husband at the time decided that he didn't want to be married to me. And um, he decided he was going to go ahead and marry someone else. And um, that was really a bitter pill for me to swallow. We had a three-year-old son. On the outside, our life looked so perfect. And um, I just, uh, I've never felt that pit to your core to your bow before but what God did for me is that he just reminded me of that scripture that I had started memorizing Ephesians 5 I mean that's just my whole life verse and the other thing that he showed me was how to keep my gratefulness and I remember in a journal writing um and I don't know it verbatim but but I know the core of what it was and this was at a very raw time in my life but I remember You know, just saying, you know, um, Lord, I I know a bomb has gone off in my world and I'm going to trust you through it. And I'm learning to keep my gratefulness and I will count it one by one because, you know, you Lord are showing me that your word is so true in my life today and that I was grateful for my job. I was renegotiating a contract at that time. And I was grateful for my time with my husband, because without that time with my husband, I wouldn't have my son Cade. And I remember saying, you know, Lord, I can be thankful. Because I'd said, how do you stay thankful in all things, in all things? I can't do that. But you, Lord, are reminding me one by one of what I have to be grateful for.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I went through that list. And then at the end of it, I was like, God, I can be grateful Mm-hmm. You know, even if this is all I can give you today, it's it's a grateful heart. And I think the enemy wants to just honestly strangle you. He wants to, it's that scripture in uh, Peter talking about the a lion that roars seeking to devour, yes. devour you mm-hmm. emotionally, physically, I mean, I went on trauma trim, lost 20 pounds in probably 20 days. I mean, like, you
0: know <laughs> wow. I mean, oh, You know what I'm
2: saying? And, uh, yes. And spiritually, to just kill you spiritually so that you won't have a testimony, mm-hmm. that you won't speak of the goodness of God, that you won't be able to share what He's done for you. Mm-hmm. And God, just through people, He uses His greatest medium, people, and through God's word and through godly counsel and through just trying to stay faithful, even if it was just like, help me one foot in front of the other.
1: Right.
2: He pulled me out of it. I mean, he pulled me from the pit of hell. You know, I think of that uh, scripture in Psalm 103. It says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits who heals all your diseases, who uh, forgives all your sins, who redeems your life from the pit. And I can just tell you flat out today, girls, God redeemed my life from the pit. And, um, And he showed me, even in the most unique way of how he forgave me for my sins and how there were going to be some people in my life I was going to need to forgive. And so Jill and Robin at a church service at Falls Creek, uh, a lady had come there, wasn't even supposed to go. And she just flat laid it flat out saying, there's someone you need to forgive. And I mean, I walked an aisle that day and thought I've, I've got to forgive some people. And um, one of the, one of the people I needed to forgive was uh, my former husband's uh, new wife. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I, the lady encouraged you to buy a gift, to buy a gift for, uh, someone that you could forgive a wow. gift of forgiveness. And so I laid it on the aisle. I knew God was cleansing me, showing me how to forgive. And I felt so good. Then I got in the car and I started driving home from Falls Creek. And then the enemy's like, well, you could re-gift something. Do you really need to buy a gift? is she worth a gift for you? And I'm like, heck no, you know? And so it's like, man, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Yeah. 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 But that commitment I made truly never left my heart. And when we start using head knowledge, man, I took a detour so fast because I was relying on my own self, but God wouldn't get it out of my heart about a gift of forgiveness. And, um, uh, after I had been divorced, I um met a guy through a blind date and he, he you know he I said he was my boaz. I just prayed, I said, I don't want to date a bunch of bozos, I want a boaz. And so <laughs> it felt like God brought a boaz to me
1: and Chris married us and
2: it was a uh, Keith traveled
1: back and forth. It was such a beautiful wedding. Oh, it was beautiful, stunning. Thank you. Thank
2: you. It was, it was sweet. And, you know, Keith and I, I think we got married in 2005. So we've been married, is it 18 years, 18, 19, 20, no, 17 years. <laughs> we've been married 17 years. Like I had to count on my fingers. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but when I first met Keith, uh, he actually lived in uh, Amarillo, Texas and he had a Lear jet. And so when we got married, he had this big airplane. And so we got married, we, uh, we joined a new church. And, uh, I met some girls and, and so he said, take the plane to Dallas and go shopping. And I'm like, I'm in. So me and my girls, we took the plane to Dallas and, uh, had such a fun time. And there's, there is a circle back on this story. I swear to you. And so, um, and you know how girls are. So we, uh, we all go into, my one friend needed a brawl. So she's like, I got to go to Victoria's Secret. So we all go into Victoria's Secret. And you know how it is. Like if you've been shopping with your friend, if one girl gets something, you're like, oh, we all got to get something. (laughs) We all got a little something, something from Victoria's Secret that day. So then we go to the next store at the mall and they have these beautiful turquoise necklaces. So uh, we all, my, I don't even wear necklaces. I'm like, I just am not a necklace girl, but we all buy these beautiful turquoise necklaces. So we all got our something, something from Victoria's Secret. We all have our turquoise necklaces. And so we're on the plane flying home and I said, y'all, I have a great idea. It was Saturday night. And I said, now tonight when you go home, Let's all put on our something, something from Victoria's Secret and our turquoise necklace. And we'll see if our guy likes the turquoise necklace. And so the next day at church, all the men are like, we love turquoise. And so it's hilarious. <laughs> so my husband and I, we have this thing now, if I wear turquoise, it's like, I'm kind of trying to send a little cue to him that I'm thinking about him maybe there could be romance at the end of the night like it's so crazy Robin because I'll be on the news and if I have turquoise earrings on or a turquoise uh, bracelet or something he'll you know what oh, good morning beautiful uh-huh. you look pretty today I mean like it's it already starts fostering some now everybody scenes. in Oklahoma
0: City is going to be watching the news. to see. Girl,
1: that. I'm like, get your turquoise on. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> so, hashtag get your turquoise on. I like it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. But you know what I'll say,
2: just as a sidebar here. You know, my husband's 66 years old, and he still wants to feel like he is the lion in my life, that he is the man that my eyes go to. And no matter how long you've been married, Your man wants to think he is the king of your castle, that, you know, that he lights your fire. And, you know, what I'll tell you is most of the time, romance really doesn't come from the turquoise if I've worn it on the news or something. But what it does do is it fosters intimacy uh, with my husband through the day. And I think that's what being one really is. It's not the sexual thing of it. That is a part of it, but it's the connection physically, spiritually, emotionally. And so we've had that thing for, you know, we've done this turquoise thing for so many years, but back in the time after I had made that commitment to buy a gift of forgiveness for, um, someone that I needed to forgive, um, you know, I just kept thinking the time wasn't right. And so at a time when, um, Cade's stepmother was coming over to pick him up for, a couple of weeks. And it was really, I was so upset about it because it was going to be the longest that I'd gone without seeing him. And, um, I thought, well, I'll tell you what, when I opened that door for her to come pick him up, I'm going to look like a million bucks and we're doing date night. And I went to the mall and I went shopping. I got a new outfit, got my hair done. Cause I thought, never am I going to let this woman look better than me now, in that awful house. See how your mind, just, no, again, it's honest. It's, it's honest. so true. And here's the thing. That's why God, God's word says, renew your mind daily. Man, me and my flesh, I'm up for destruction. And it's it can be fast. I mean, it's, it's that way, I think, for all of us. Mm-hmm. But um, I had gone to the store and uh, got a new outfit, went to a shop and saw this necklace, this beautiful necklace. And I thought, I'm buying it. Well, then I looked at the price and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've never paid this much for a necklace. And I thought, I'm having that necklace on. I'm going to be large and in charge when I send my son, I'm dying inside.
1: Yeah.
2: And so I go home, get dressed, get ready. And I go to put the necklace around my neck and clasp it. And uh, as I'm talking to you today, I heard the Lord's voice whisper to me, this is the
0: gift. I was just going tell me you gave her that necklace. <laughs> and I said, um, this is the gift of forgiveness. And
2: The Lord was just saying, be obedient and and be free, Robin. And I literally, I was like, no way. And I just overwhelmingly heard, this is freedom for you, Robin. Mm -hmm. And so I called a friend and said, pray for me. I'm going to give a gift. I didn't go into the details. And I said, I don't even know how this is going to play out. And the exchange went something like this. She came to pick up Kate and I said, "Um, you know, you do a lot for my son and I'm grateful. And I got this gift for you and I hope you receive it in the spirit that it's given. And um, she said to me, Oh, well, you didn't have to do that. And I thought to myself, Oh, if you only knew, yes, how I truly had to do that. And, um, you know, it uh, it freed me. It it showed me how, in the slightest way, that God truly did love me. And you know, as people are listening today, maybe you're hurting and you're you're desperate to really know God's love. And you know, uh, it says uh, in the Old Testament, "If you seek Him, He will be found by you." Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I just encourage you today to seek Him. And it's really funny because um, Cade's stepmom, her name is Kim. And, uh, you know, we uh, I don't even know if she really knows this turquoise story or not, but um, it's amazing how God restored um, our relationship. And I'm grateful that she and my former husband are still married today. I want Cade to see that my son to see that marriages can work and marriages are tough and you can suck it up and you can, you can get through it. And um, she and I've had so many conversations on the phone before about just life and twists and turns and our children and God's word. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And, um, you know, my life didn't turn out the way I thought it would. Um, and that divorce was a curveball. I mean, it was more than a curveball. It was a bomb that went off. and uh, But I saw my dad come to know the Lord through watching God take care of me. And, you know, he passed in 2016, and I know today he's with the Lord. And honestly, I do feel like if going through that heartache and that trouble and a devastation that got you to that inner thing, um, it was worth it. I've seen God take care of me in so many ways that it really made me realize that I needed him and that I was desperate for him and that I do have to live desperate for him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, um, things haven't always been perfect. Things aren't perfect in a second marriage. But what I know is that, you know, Keith, when I met him, he said God woke him up in the middle of the night and said, Robin is precious to me, keep her holy. And I mean, you know, wow. when you have a man that will claim that, you know, Keith bought me this beautiful ring that um, um, for an engagement ring. And I remember just telling him, I would take a band that said faithful on it over than some big diamond ring, you know, and, um, you know, we've had, we've had times where we are on our knees and life hasn't been perfect in a second marriage. But what I'll tell you today is that we're both more committed today than ever Mm -hmm. uh, in that relationship. And we realize that we've been blessed for second chances and God did bless a broken road that led us to each other. And, um, You know, so life really today is is pretty good. And, um, you know, it is hard, though, being kind of in that sandwich generation because maybe there are people listening, Jill and Robin, that are their kids have gone to college and you're trying to take care of elderly people. And maybe you find yourself going, what what have I done with my life all these years except for take care of people? Mm -hmm. And while sometimes we minimize that, sometimes you can find yourself alone again and even in the pandemic after Cade was in school and even me working on television and, and b- having a job and even teaching at OU as an adjunct professor, I really found myself just asking God to connect again in my heart through his word and just, and you know what? He kind of gave me a love for painting and for art. Like I've never, painted, I've never painted in my life. I've never, I felt artistic through work, through like, Uh, setting up a story, being creative that way, but I've never painted anything. And in the pandemic, I just started painting and I didn't even know what I was doing. I painted with a hairdryer. It was like hilarious, you know, And (laughs) but honestly, God, I think the cool thing about it is what I've always said is that God uses his greatest medium people. And then he gave me a love for a medium to through art and, um, so I do these paintings, some are good, some are great, some are not so good. And, um, but what I've done on every one of them, I, um, most of the time I write a scripture on a canvas that God's given me. And, um, uh, like the other day I, uh, wrote on a canvas about a city on the hill, you know, the light will not dim on a city on the hill. That's not exactly how the scripture is, but you get my point. And, I did this painting and it it looked like a city on a hill. And, you know, so I, I name all these paintings, a scripture, I put a scripture with it. And if I don't normally I write it on the canvas. I don't always, because sometimes I just like, okay, Lord, I wonder what scripture is going to be with this one. And I might not get it until after I look at it. Mm -hmm. But what I found is through doing art and through it being a blessing to people, it's not even about the art, Robin and Jill, it's about the ministry through art and I've connected with so many people who are hurting, who are happy, who are alone, who are celebrating new life. And, oh my gosh, it's it's renewed my soul and my heart for ministry. And, and maybe that's even shallow to say that. I don't know if it is or not, but I just remembered thinking, Lord, I'm like kind of dry bones
1: and I need my dry bones to come to life again. And I love the kindness of the Lord to put that new joy as something that you had never even experienced painting. That's a gift from God. And what a joy that you have that. And something I I also find so beautiful in your story is that the Ephesians 5 connection that you had in your life that was so vital to you, God gave you that in advance. I remember that Bible study, Robin. Robin. I remember I was one of the attenders and I remember you were sharing and saying what a blessing Kathy Hartman is and how we're walking together and praying together and encouraging each other and memorizing these verses together. And God prepared before the storm even hit, those words were in your heart. And he's so kind to do that. That was so loving that Mm -hmm. you already had those words in your heart before the storm. So it's just, a Robin, I
0: noticed from the story too, when you're talking about church, when all that happened and that there were some people that kind of caused some church hurt, but then there were other people that came around you. And I think when things like that happen, tend to pay more attention to the hurt and be like, well, these people weren't even here for me. They did this or that instead of the ones that we know actually were with us the whole time.
2: Hmm. Yeah. I remember my, um, our mutual friend, Kelly King, uh, one day she came over and she was, um, just to encourage me and stuff. And I was like having a pity party. I mean, I was like, no one will ever love me again. No one, I won't ever get married again. I'm going to be a single mom forever. How am I going to raise a child? How am I going to work? Get up in the middle of the night. And, you know, how am I going to do this? And she said, man, you're that good, huh? And I said, am I that good? No, I'm a loser. I'm like, look at me. Like, this is, look at what's not coming, going to come my way. And she's like, so you're the one person. You are the one person, huh? And I'm, I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, God can't fix it for you. You're the, you're, the, you're the breaker of it. And I'm like, huh? And she's like, God can't fix this for you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Even in my loathing, I was being arrogant. Even in my like, oh, this will never happen. I was being arrogant. And it was so convicting to me. And I just remember thinking what you were talking about, Robin, after giving me his word. And not only was it gracious, and not only was his word beforehand um kind, it was my lifeline. Uh Kathy Hartman had written all those verses on like three by five index cards and uh, put a little ring binder on them. And I kept those cards in my purse, in the bathroom, in the makeup room, getting dressed. Everywhere I went, I had those cards. and I, I would not have given a million dollars for God's word, for those cards, because it was so important to me before. I, I thought it was cool. Then did I realize how I had to clean. And I think that's, you know, sometimes God has to hit us over the head quickly to get us on our knees. But Many times he just does, as he is so slow to anger, <laughs> thank God, you know, truthfully, and that he does act in such a loving, kind way. And I would just encourage people today that scripture in Romans, uh, Romans 8.5, I believe it is, where it says a mind governed by the flesh leads to death, but a mind governed by the spirit leads to life and peace Mm -hmm. and so maybe today someone's listening that needs some life and peace Uh, i know i do and if you need life and peace today then you gotta live in the spirit and so what does that look like well it means keep your spiritual eyes open you know if you are hurting serve someone that's the greatest way to get over pain look at someone else's need And try to help meet that need Mm -hmm. and keep your spiritual ears open. You know, there's a difference between hearing and truly listening. And listening means really listening to what someone's telling you and listening to the Holy Spirit prompt you. So maybe today you're living in the flesh and hey, we can all be, I could be there as soon as this is over. So, you know. I I haven't arrived yet. I think none of us have, or he'd take us home. I think when we've arrived, we can go home in glory. And I think we're all still learning today, this journey of walking by faith Mm -hmm. um, in the good times and even in the tough times. And, um, you know, so for people listening, and maybe it is a, maybe it's a tough time. Maybe you're living in desperation. I would just encourage you get in God's word. Getting that Ephesians five or whatever is a life passage for you. Ephesians four is great as well because it really solidifies who you are in Christ and talks about being that bond servant with Christ. But maybe you're like, I don't even know what that means, Robin. Then I I just, you know, go to Ephesians five, start reading the Psalm and the Proverb of the day, and and you want to see. And I told a little colleague this the other day. I was just had an opportunity to share. It wasn't the Roman road or the faith outline or anything like that, but it was just that you can trust God. And I said, you know what? Ask him to show you and watch what happens and he will show you. And so get in his word and ask him to reveal to you what you need to hear spiritually and what you need to uh, see spiritually. And I promise you it will be life changing.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow. Robin, we just are so grateful. Thank you that you spent time with us today. Thank you that you shared your story with us, with our listeners. And I just love you dearly. Love you dearly.
2: Love you. you. Thank you so much (laughs) for that message. Thanks, Jill, so much. And you know, I just am grateful for you girls because you know sometimes it's like I think in ministry or just in life as influencers regardless how big or small it is, you know, many times, um, you see the baton being passed, you know what I mean? And I've watched that Robin with you and Chris, of uh, uh, passing a baton to you in ministry and seeing how, you know, not only did you just pick it up, I mean, you guys picked it up and are running the relay race.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, you know, I just, I just want to encourage both you girls to, you know, continue serving and you're making a difference. And even just, you know, doing this podcast where people can just hear a life-changing message and it's a life-changing message that we all need to hear. And, um, so I am thankful to you for, you know, sometimes it's easy to say, yeah, I'd like to do a podcast, but then doing it, it takes a lot of work. It takes it. It takes effort. (laughs) You guys know it probably takes the enemy is messing with you sometimes I'm like it's not going to happen today. And, you know, so I just encourage you both to, you know, stay strong in the faith. And as you carry that baton, you keep running forward, but you got your hand reaching behind you of who's going to be coming up that you're going to be passing it along to as well. And it's that's a good word for all of us that have been in the faith for a long time. Mm -hmm. There's always someone that's been ahead of us that we can thank, but we got to make sure there's someone behind us that we are grooming and preparing and discipling in the word of God, because, um, you know, the days are evil (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
2: very much. So. Mm -hmm. And so I just, um, you two are in the hall of faith and might have looked it. So <laughs> I just want you to know, thank you so much for allowing me to just be a small part today.
1: Well, thank you. You've been a thank pleasure. You. We love you. I love you too, babe. <laughs> Thanks for listening everyone to this episode of Afraid Not. We're so glad that you were here today and we hope that you will share this episode with a friend and let them know about it too. Um, I hope that you realize that the power that Robin experienced as she put Ephesians 5 in her heart and how it was a lifeline, that that's something you can experience too. And whether it's Ephesians 5 or whether it's another passage of scripture that God may use in your life, we just want to encourage you that that lifeline is there for you. That love letter from God is for you and that you will find so much strength and help in the word of God.
0: This episode had so many good nuggets of truth, so many takeaways from it for me. One of the things I really liked that she shared that she was told by another pastor's wife was to treat your husband as he is and he'll stay that way, but treat your husband how you want him to be and he'll become that. So, and I think that goes for any, not necessarily just husbands, but for friends, for anybody. We need to treat people the way that we, the way that God sees them, the way that we have see potential in them, so that they can become that, not just like, gosh, well, you never, or you always, or, and just frustration all the time. But let's see people the way that our Father does. Mm. That's good.
1: So, everyone, by the way, don't forget to get your turquoise on. Keep the intimacy oh. going with your with your marriage spouse, and um, you know that everything, whatever we're going through. God is with us, and if you're in the middle of a storm today, you just may need to be reminded that God is with you, and He is going to carry you through this. We're so glad you are listening, and we will see you back in two weeks with our next episode of Afraid Not.
0: Thanks for listening.